Bills Pod Squad is brought to you by New York Lottery. Play the new skee-ball scratch-off game and you could catch up to $60,000. You must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket. Coming up on this week's episode, we're sifting through Kim Pagula's Rolodex to find out who her most famous contacts are. Dawson Knox joins us as he reveals what him and Terry Pagula have in common. And we'll recap the Bills' 4-0 start and look ahead to Sunday's game in Nashville. That and more as the Bill Pod Squad starts right now. Welcome into Bill's Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. It's a podcast that takes you beyond the X's and O's and helps you get to know our players without the football helmet on. Maddie Glab and Bill's owner and president Kim Pagula here as your hosts. We've got Bill's tight end Dawson Knox on with us in this episode. He gets into all of his favorite places in Nashville and he gets into going from walk-on at Ole Miss to NFL player. Kim, the Bills are 4-0 for the first time since 2008 after beating the Raiders 30-23, 4-0. How good does that sound? That sounds awesome. Uh, obviously, 2008 was before we owned the team, uh, but that was, it's been too long. It's been too long. 4-0, like, uh, yeah, feels good. It really does. <laughs> You're like, we've got the right people in yeah. place. We've got the right coach. Well, we've got the you right know, GM. We got good players. Right? But we were 3-0 last year, yep. right? So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, we, we got to hit that 4-0 to really be like legit, right? So, so, but we're there. We're there. So, What did you think of the game against the Raiders? And I want to ask you first just about Allegiant Stadium. On last week's episode when we talked to the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, you had said, I was out there in February. I saw it when it was like 80% done, but I'm excited to see it 100% done. So seeing it 100% done, I mean, what does it look like? All these new NFL stadiums I feel like are very similar in different ways, but did this seem similar to some of the new ones or completely different? You know, um, well, I'm going to say, I mean, structurally there's some of the uh, obvious similarities, but Mm -hmm. this one was so raider Themed. I mean, everything was black and white, like, you know, every area. And so what you, does it look like from the outside? Yes, I mean, that, we've seen pictures and videos and it's just like, does it look like a Roomba? Does it look like Darth Vader's shit? I, I, what I do think you think? it was more like Darth Vader. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that really hardcore Raider fan, like mm-hmm. I said, a little bit angry, a little bit like a little bit crazy. Um, it, it looked like that from the outside. Inside it was bright. The lights were bright. The uh, It's obviously... A, um, a domed, but it's got like lots of glass up in the top, and it was like I said, it was just it was beautiful. But then again, I mean, I mean it's brand new, and there's been no spectators in it, yeah, so true. it's the cleanest that is ever going to be. <laughs> so I'm sure that kind of added to the effect. But I will say, a new stadium does not guarantee you a win, mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day, new stadium. We got the W, and that's what matters. That's all that matters, coming all the way from Buffalo, going to get the W. I can't believe that they grow the grass outside and roll it in. They got that from from Arizona, Mm -hmm. does that as well. Um, And then the UNLV team actually plays on artificial turf, which is actually underneath, uh, like deeper in the the ground than the, um, the grass. So uh, it really uh, engineering feats, um, but it was amazing. The game, you know, like again, the game was exciting. We held the lead the, throughout the whole game. Our, our defense, I mean, Josh Norman, welcome back. Like How great to it, see that. Yeah, it, it was. Those turnovers, um, Critton Jefferson, like, you know, um, they, they really were the deciding factors in the game, especially in the second half. Um, so our offense, I mean, I think. I feel 30 little, points again. I, I know. Third I feel game, a little bad. Like, I'm points. just kind of excited about the defense because I'm just kind of expecting, you know, the offense to just throw up the yeah. points, right? Like, you know, I'm, I got to appreciate it more. Um, but <laughs> I, we're now, we're like, at 4 no, you're like expecting it all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, but the, the defense really helped out this week. You saw the improvement and um, some key turnovers was the difference in that game. Yeah, it was good to see those two turnovers, turnover on downs. And then Josh Norman coming into the yeah. game and the defensive line stopping the run against Josh Jacobs. It all worked together, and hopefully it'll work together again this weekend against the Titans. You know the league has been doing so many things, and they re- reiterated yep. to all of us um, at the club and, and all the players just about following the protocols. And as we saw with Tennessee, there's a lot of things in place if someone does test positive. But what we saw in Tennessee was kind of this big outbreak that kind of shuts everything down. And certainly we don't want that to happen. Not much wiggle room. 
to kind of manipulate the whole season. So uh, we just need to do our part and make sure that we just follow all the guidelines and protocols. Yeah, I think it was a wake-up call for everybody in the NFL that this can happen to any team and it can happen with just one positive test and it can spread like wildfire. So as we've seen it, been very successful, the testing and the protocols in place so far, it's good to not get lean complacent. back at yes. all. And yes. So... Kim, I want to ask you about some contacts in your phone. We have a new segment oh. this week. It's called Kim's Contacts, contacts. and it's oh, presented it's... by Great Lakes Cancer Care and Kaleida. And as an owner, Kim, I've got to think, like, you have so many cool contacts in your phone probably from the people that you get to interact with, the people that you've met, uh, former players, current coaches, people around the league, maybe some mm. celebrities. So... I'm wondering if you could give us a couple of your famous contacts, contacts. in your phone. Well, you know, I will say I, I'm probably not as exciting as some other owners. I generally, I kind of like to talk to different level people. They actually know more than some of the famous people. Okay. So I found okay. um, that, that some of your staff, operations, other team, that they're the ones that are actually doing the work. Yes, the um, ones that can actually help Actually are the very, most. very much more useful. But um, so I'm gonna say probably the one that this audience probably would know the best um, I have in my phone is Peyton Manning. Wow. So, um, but it was by accident. So Big time. Okay, it was by, by accident. accident. Let's hear um, this story. So, so uh, Tara and I, I think we were on our first uh, kind of coaching search, and we at we went to, I think it was Chicago at the time. No, Denver at the so time. So you were on Sorry. a coaching search, we and you wanted coaching. to get Peyton Manning as <laughs> the coach. No, but this is when Peyton was playing. So Adam, we were interviewing Adam Gase. And that was the okay. year that I think they that they won the Super Bowl actually, and so I wanted to text Adam, thank you for your time because mm -hmm. you know they're in that playoff. You can only like you know interview them in a, in that certain window. window. And so I asked somebody for for Adam's you know cell number. I texted him, and all of a sudden I get back, hey, I think you meant this for a coach. This is Peyton's <laughs> number, and I was like. Oh my gosh, I just, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> yes, I was looking for Adam Gase. Uh, so, yes, so that's how I have his number. I don't remember who gave it to me or, or how you can confuse yeah, Peyton Adam, Manning Adam with Adam Gase. Gase but, yeah, so, but I, I still have it in my phone. I kept it there. Wow, that's a great story. So. <laughs> just if you need it for, for a rainy day, text right. Peyton and ask him what's well, up. He, did he did text recently? So he really? has a, he has a show that he does. Mm -hmm. it, it is funny on I think ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN Plus. And he breaks down. He was breaking down uh, Josh in in our game, and uh, it's kind of funny. Like he is. Who knew that he was such a comedian, right? Uh, post football life. So, um, but uh, yeah. So that's probably my probably the biggest one. Uh, maybe another one. I'm gonna say. I mean, I of course I got both commissioners, both Commissioner Goodell. Commissioner Bettman. So I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Whenever they call, a, I'm know, just like. <gasps> I mean, if they called, if they I, called yeah, me, I'm sure if they called you, just like when somebody high up the food chain here calls me, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I getting fired? What did <laughs> yeah. I do? Well, I know they can't do that to me. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. And then I would say the other one would be my husband. So, I mean, I know, I, I mean, I know him, and, you know, so it doesn't seem all that exciting. may it's, seem exciting to other people. I think it's exciting, Kim. I think <laughs> to, it's pretty exciting. Terry, I, I will say he's probably as hard as Peyton and the commissioner to get a hold of, <laughs> maybe even harder. Um, so, Is but, he someone who just doesn't like to use his cell phone, or is his cell phone, like, two rooms over, forgot no, about it? but so, okay, so usually his phone, like, is, is off, the, the, the sound is off, mm -hmm. or... Or you text message him, and so, but he stays in the chat that he's in, right? The last chat. Oh, so he okay. never goes back to look at if there's any additional. So he can't additional... see any notifications. Yes, yes, he doesn't know what a notification is. He <laughs> asked me like, "What are those little numbers up there?" And I was like, "Those are unread messages." He's like, "I read all my messages." No, you only read them in in the one chat that he was in. <laughs> so um, a lot of times, yeah. So trying to get him uh, is very hard. I think we should have a new segment where we bring Terry on and we teach him about the iPhone every week. Today we're going over emojis. Uh, question about he Roger. That, he has that down, oh. believe it or not. Good. Having Roger Goodell as contact in your phone, him being the commissioner of the NFL, I think a lot of people just see him 
on TV, whether it's at the draft or the Super Bowl or, or whatnot, and you see him for a little bit here and a little bit there, and you don't really get to know Roger as a person or, you know, see him beyond when he puts on his commissioner face. Yeah, so you know what? what is Roger like? You know what? I, I will tell you, um, you know, he grew up, I guess, in the business, in, in the league. Mm -hmm. You know, he... Uh, you know, he was never, um, you know, he's not a lawyer, like, a lot, you know, some commissioners, yeah. Commissioner Bettman, you know, was a lawyer before. Um, so, you know, the league has been his whole life, and, and you can see that. You know, you can see um, the work and the effort, the passion that he has um, and the knowledge that he has for football. Um, you can you clearly see that when you're talking to him. He is more relaxed than sometimes that uh, you see him, you know. Um, I actually get to see him in usually the off season in July at a conference that we both uh, end up going to, the same one that Bill's at. And so, you know, kind of see him unwind and, and just talking. Uh, he texted me when my daughter was playing the U.S. Open and texted me saying, you know, he's, he saw her, uh, her match and how well she's doing. So um, very personable person, just one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's so hard as a commissioner to make everybody happy and yeah. be that person for everyone. And so I think, you know, you, you kind of put on, um, you know, representing, you know, the league and it's, it's not easy. It really isn't. But um, I, I will say he's, he's an easy person to get along with. Good to know. I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to meet him, but you know, if I do, I'll know. Well, he's a pretty I, nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that he does uh, get to come to a game. So, um, he usually comes around once once a year. So if he does, I'll let you know so you can meet yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I would like that. This week's game sponsor is Great Lakes Cancer Care Collaborative. We take your care personally. All right, let's get into our interview with Dawson Knox. He's in his second year with the Buffalo Bills, a tight end who was drafted in the third round. Here's Dawson. Dawson, thanks so much for being on with us. We do appreciate the time. Your team is 4-0 to start this season, a chance to go 5-0 as you guys face the Tennessee Titans. So just with the hot start that the offense has been on, I mean, what is it like playing for a team where the offense is just playing so well? You guys rank in top five in so many dis different statistical categories when looking at offenses all over the NFL. Oh, it's super exciting. I mean, just knowing that, you know, we could go out and score a touchdown on the first possession or first play of the possession is, you know, awesome. I could be, you know, back there protecting for Josh and then Steph goes down and makes a 50 yard catch over a safety. You know, that's pretty fun stuff. Um, so I feel like, you know, we've really been rolling right now and it's really fun seeing the way that Josh is playing. And it, it all starts up front for us, too, with the offensive line. They've been playing really well. So I think we have a whole lot of weapons and it's only going to get better from here. Is there a play or a touchdown that you can think back on that uh, kind of has been the icing on the cake for this season so far that kind of just explains what this offense has been like this season? Oof, the first one that comes to mind was probably that catch I was just talking about with Stefan down the field. You know, it was um, a crucial part of the game. Um, Josh made a good throw and Steph just went up and high pointed it, you know, made this incredible catch, you know, which set us up to go down and score, um, got off to the sideline. I was like, dude, you got to show me some of these drills you must be doing because <laughs> I, I want to learn how to do that. But that was, um, that was super cool to see. And that was fun to be a part of. Dawson, uh, you are now no longer a rookie. So this is your second year. So what, what big changes have you noticed from the first year last year and just both, you know, personally, your per own performance as well as uh, the team. Some kind of the two big things you've noticed—the difference between your rookie year and your and your sophomore year, so far. Yeah. So, I think personally, um, I've been able to play just a little faster in terms of knowing where to line up faster to where I can start looking at how the defense is going to play. Um, because last year, I think my head was spinning for a little bit, just learning the whole playbook, knowing where to line up, how to motion, um, just knowing my assignment. And now this year, you know, being my second year with Coach Dayball and this offense, um, I feel like it's freed me up a little bit to start looking at film a little bit more in depth, start diagnosing the way that safeties rotate, um, just – little things that I've been able to hone in on more now that I have the, you know, foundation of the playbook in place. So it's been nice to feel like I have a little bit more, 
you know, speed when I'm playing out there. But in terms of the whole team, I feel like, you know, obviously we've been, you know, rolling on the offense this whole season so far. And Josh is, you know, already in the MVP race. Like we've had some incredible big plays, put up a lot of points. Um, and I think everybody's just really buying into Coach Dayball's system and everybody's kind of starting to get that comfort level that I feel like I might have personally also. So I think it's been really fun to be a part of so far. I thought maybe you would say that, you know, Coach Dayball lost a lot of weight in the in the <laughs> off season, and he's been able to keep it off. So I thought maybe, you know, you might say that's the big difference that uh, has cleared up maybe some focus uh, for your for the offense. No? <laughs> yeah, we'll Hopefully say that's he's the not second thing. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> No, he's yeah, he looks great. We're we're impressed and he's always, you know, out there working out before we get out there and um yeah, coach coach Daywell's looking good. <laughs> Dawson, you guys head to Tennessee to face the Tennessee Titans. You basically return home uh, to face the Titans. I know you grew up in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is right outside Where of Where my Nashville. brother lives. Oh, yeah, my connection. brother lives there. Yeah. Got family there. Okay. So with you going home this season to play a team who you know well, you guys played them last year, beat them last year, is it a little bit different this year? Because I would imagine last year you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going home. I'm going to see family. Family, I'm going to see friends. I'll maybe grab dinner with them on Saturday. We play Sunday. They're going to be in the stands. But this season is completely different. You guys really aren't allowed to leave the hotel. And I know the Titans will have fans at the game this weekend, but it's only going to be like, 6,000, 7,000. So how is that a little bit different for you this season? Yeah, so last year was definitely really fun. Um, it was just a childhood dream come true. You know, I grew up going to a few of those games. Um, just being able to be out there and, you know, play a football game as a professional athlete was really cool. But also having a bunch of friends and family in the stands, being able to see them after the game. And like you said, um, I guess it would have been Saturday night. I was able to go grab dinner with a few close friends from high school, um, which obviously is going to be different this year, uh, which is, you know, frustrating. But it's also cool knowing that, um, you know, it's in Nashville. There'll still be a few friends and family there in the stands. I've already had texts from people saying, oh, another homecoming week. You know, we'll be there. Um, I know there's a lot of people that will be watching from home as well. Um, and it'll be a little sad not to be able to see him before or after the game, but um, just knowing that they're there is pretty fun. Now, we had a ton of Bills fans last year. Oh my I mean, I think we, we took over oh, that like stadium. Game. Yeah, it, it really was. So it'd be interesting to see with the reduced capacity how many Bills said. Well, we know we'll ha we're going to have some at least, at least uh, Dawson's friends and family. But um, I, I still, I don't know, I have some belief in our Bills Mafia that they're still going to show up. I hope oh, so. Oh, absolutely. They did in Miami, too. Yeah. Isn't it weird how that, that, that difference, even though it's a few thousand fans, that it makes such a difference in the atmosphere of the game? I was so surprised when we played in Miami that the crowd noise was, was real. And, and it really, um, the atmosphere of the game was, it was just very welcoming that uh, some kind of normalcy than kind of the, the no fans that we have right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that there'd be quite a difference playing in a stadium with what, you know, 10,000 fans or whatever. But a lot of the players spoke to how they could actually hear the fans and it did make a difference because there were Buffalo Bills fans in the stadium. So Dawson, it'll be interesting to see if you think it'll make a difference uh, in this weekend's game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think they have 69,000 capacity when they are fully you know, open and things like that, but it'll definitely be down, I think, to 10% uh, this weekend. But you played with someone on this Tennessee Titan, Titans team, A.J. Brown. You got any good A.J. Brown oh, stories? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, he's just a natural-born competitor. Um, it was always fun working out with him. He was one of those dudes that was always pushing everybody else to be better. Um, and he was very high energy. Like we'd come into the morning at 5 a.m. and he'd be, you know, already yelling, you know, getting everybody ready to go. Um, so he was he was really fun to kind of work alongside with because he would really push you to be as good as you can be. And obviously he's a great player on the field as well. I don't know his status for this week. I know he had a pretty severe knee bruise. Um, so, you know, I would definitely wish him the best and hope he can get back as soon as possible. But um, great dude. He helped me with some of the um, Tennessee tornado relief 
this off season, um, we were able to kind of auction off a few signed items. Um, but yeah, AJ's awesome. I'm really hoping he's healthy again soon. Now, was he a walk on like you were? He was not. He was. Um, I'm pretty sure he's pretty highly recruited. Um, and he's he's actually from Starkville, Mississippi, which is um, where Mississippi State mm-hmm. is. So it's a pretty. Um, you don't usually go subject. to Ole Miss if you're from Mississippi State. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So that's a pretty controversial topic if you're a Mississippi State fan. Um, but I mean, obviously, everybody at Ole Miss loves him, and he was one of the best receivers ever to come through Ole Miss. So well, it was. I- I, yeah, I bring that up. I bring that up because it is quite an accomplishment to be a walk-on, and then find yourself drafted in the NFL starting. Now, I mean, I don't know that. I know there's other players that have done that in the past, but there are not many of them. And I'm sure that that kind of goes to the kind of person competitor you are to be able to get um, from walk-on stage to where you are now. So tell us a bit about what you've thought you know was kind of holding you back at that walk-on stage and what you did to to really make a impact on the team yeah so it's a very unique story um I'm very thankful to be where I am today um but so back in high school it was my junior year I think I was I think I still have the roster somewhere I was probably I think I was 510 like 168 or something like that um I was playing backup quarterback playing second string receiver um, and then going into my senior year, I finally hit a growth spurt. I was about 6'3", 210 pounds, and I was a starting quarterback. Um, I always tell Josh he needs to watch out. You know, might be coming <laughs> first position later on. But <laughs> he, uh, So it was my very first game my senior year. I was a starter um, and dislocated my ankle. So I didn't have very much tape or film at all in, in high school. Um, I had a very few smaller offers, um, like Air Force, Austin P, which is in Tennessee, um, a couple other walk-on offers. Um, you know, I actually looked at Princeton and Harvard, which they don't offer athletic scholarships, but, um, but I took a visit to Ole Miss and just fell in love with it, loved the coaching staff, really liked the visit. Um, I knew I would be transitioning to play tight end. They had Evan Ingram at the time, who's one of my good friends, a great mentor, especially in football and off the field. Um, but I was able to really start putting on some weight my redshirt year. Definitely wasn't ready to come in and start playing right off the bat. I was getting tossed around like a rag doll in practice. Um, so started learning how to block DNs, started learning how to run routes. Um, and it took about two years to start seeing the field at tight end. Um, and my coach there, Maurice Harris, who's now at Liberty, um, my tight ends coach, he was awesome too. Um, so just really being patient, having to, you know, have that mindset of I'm going to try to outwork everybody in the room, um, you know, because I almost had to work twice as hard just to try to catch up. Um, that was really something that I tried to ingrain into myself. And that's something that I try to keep with me today is just that walk on mindset of, you know, never being complacent, no matter where I'm at, just trying to work as hard or harder than, you know, the guy next to me. And um, definitely thankful for, you know, the Lord giving me these talents and him putting me where I am today. So it's, um, it's, it's definitely been a journey, but I'm very thankful. And Dawson, I think one of the craziest things, too, is once you got to Ole Miss, of course, you start producing at tight end, but it's not like you had these eye-popping statistics since you had transitioned you know later you had what 24 receptions I think I'm looking at these stats on my laptop 24 receptions in 2017 15 in 2018 and then you go into the league you get drafted in the third round and then you go into the NFL and you have like 28 receptions and 388 receiving yards and your your yards per catch average was great as a rookie uh that transition from not receiving too many passes thrown at you to then jumping into the nfl and uh being a target that josh allen loved to throw to last year was that a big jump from you going from really two years of action in college football to then transitioning into the NFL, which is a different type of league in a lot of ways? Um, yeah, it was definitely a jump for me. And uh, I feel like our system in college was um, 
it was definitely simplified compared to what we're doing now. Um, so it's very fun to be in day ball system, you know, split out wide one play and then in, in the box blocking the next. But um, we had a lot of talent on offense at Ole Miss also. So there was um, – we had DK Metcalf on the outside, obviously A.J. Brown we already talked about. Um, our quarterback, Jordan Tom, who is now a practice squad player for the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, we got a couple of linemen in the league right now. Um, so it was, you know, a pretty loaded offense. So that was um, fun to be a part of also. But I've always tried to carry the mentality of just do whatever you can do to help the team win, um, whether it was zero catches um, or, you know, five for 100 yards or whatever. I was just happy if we won. If we lost and I didn't have any catches or didn't feel like I was helping produce, that was a little more frustrating. But um, – I've always just tried to, you know, be a team player, whether that's blocking 100 reps a game or, you know, catching three touchdowns, um, just doing whatever I can to be the best helper for the offense. But in terms of transitioning to the league and starting to get some more catches and stuff, that was really fun. Just, you know, like I kind of already touched on earlier with, you know, a whole lot of different route combinations I could run, um, you know, catching a few screens here and there, jet sweeps even from last year. Um, you know, it, it changes a lot week to week, which is really fun. So how, how did you prepare from last year to this year, the off season? You know, obviously not uh, being able to come to OTAs in person and doing all the all the meetings um, and then just your time away. You went back to Nashville, you went back home uh, for the off season. Uh, tell us about what you worked on during the off season. Yeah, so. Um, you know, part of the offseason was nice, just being able to spend all that extra time with friends and family. Um, so there's been there's this personal trainer that I've gone to since high school, um, and he has his own setup, and he's connected with um, the Tennessee Orthopedic Association. So he was actually able to stay open through the whole um, quarantine and pandemic stuff um, because a lot of almost everywhere else was closed. But thankfully, he was considered a necessary, you know, business. So he was able to stay open. I was able to go to him four times a week. Um, had a jug machine set up in my backyard. Had a couple of my little brothers. We had like a little assembly line going. One would shoot it out, and then I'd toss it to, you know, one of my other little brothers. And we'd kind of make a little, you know, relay out of it. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, and also there's you know, a good bit of guys that live in middle Tennessee that I was able to train with, like um, George Kittle was able to meet him this off season and train a bunch with him, which obviously he's an incredible tight end. Um, Robert Tanyan um, saw him catch three touchdowns last night. That was really fun. Um, and CJ Bethard. Uh, so there, there's a good group of guys that I was able to kind of do some field work with um, as well. And obviously Tyrell Dotson, our, one of our linebackers here, um, he lives 20 minutes down the road um, from me in Nashville. So we were able to get out and do some one-on-ones and kind of push each other a little bit competitively, which was um, pretty cool, you know, for the extended offseason. I can imagine having younger brothers is the perfect thing to train on a jugs machine with. Uh, if that they're all chasing balls or, or helping you train uh, in whatever ways, what does your family mean to you? You have there's five of you total siblings wise in the Knox family. Uh, what was it like growing up in a family with so many brothers and sisters? And I know two of them are adopted, too. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I try to FaceTime them as much as I can. Um, it's so funny because I know they know how to work my parents' phones. So every now and then I'll get random texts of either just like a, you know, a bunch of emojis stacked up or, you know, like a GIF or a GIF. I don't know how you want to how that's <laughs> pronounced, but um, and I'll always know who's texting me based on, you know, what they're sending. So it's um, they're awesome. I mean, Nate, is 11 isaiah just turned nine um we adopted them both nine years ago um my brother luke just turned 21 he's at old miss playing linebacker and my sister's a senior in high school um lucy james she just uh committed to auburn to play soccer so um it's definitely a full house and it was very fun we were always competitive um especially me and luke um you know, whether it was video games or playing outside, playing basketball, it would usually end in a heated argument. Um, but, 
in, in terms of recently, like especially this off season, just being able to spend a ton of time with them, going to ride bikes around the neighborhood, um, you know, playing baseball outside, whatever it was, it was, you know, it was definitely nice spending that extra time. Yeah, Dawson, I will tell you as someone who's also adopted that uh, your brothers are very, very lucky. Um, I was fortunate to be adopted. I had two older brothers, though, and uh, I'm not sure, you know, how you felt when your parents, you know, uh, told you that they were being adopted, but I'm told that my brothers were, you know, went screaming up and down our street announcing that they were getting a new sister. Um, your, I'm not sure, but your little brothers probably did not have to go as far as, as I did to, to get to the United States. Um, but I always tell adopted people, you were chosen, you were wanted, and you were special. And I'm sure your brothers, it sounds like the way uh, that you talk about them, that you certainly make them feel that way. Oh, absolutely. It was... You know, we were all, I vividly remember it. It was, um, I guess it was about 11 years ago when my parents told us that they were starting to look to adopt. Um, we were all out at the lake. Me, my brother, and my sister all were super excited. We just had 100 questions. Um, and then it was about two years after they started getting in touch with the adoption agency that they were able to get matched with a birth mom who was in Tampa, Florida. So not as far, um, but we were planning on only adopting Isaiah at the time, who was the younger one, the nine-year-old. Um, so he was, I think it was two days after he was born, my parents were able to, you know, make it official, um, bring him back home to Tennessee, to Nashville. You know, we were just wide-eyed, you know, it's our new baby brother. It was super cool. And then... We thought, you know, we thought that was it. And then two weeks later, my parents got a call from the adoption agency um, saying that the same birth mom had another son who unfortunately she had to give up to foster care. Um, and they were wondering if we were willing to adopt Nate, um, who was the two-year-older brother of Isaiah. And my parents were like, of course, let's do it. So they weren't planning on it at all, but... Two weeks later, we added another brother to the family, and I mean, I can't imagine our family without them. It's, you know, they're incredible, and I know that I want to adopt one day as well, um, and yeah, it's just, it was the biggest blessing for our family, and we love those dudes. Dawson, one thing that you've been super vocal about this off season has been helping in fighting to end racism. You know, Isaiah and Nate, your adopted brothers, are black. So why do you think it's important to have a voice in this fight and be someone who uses their platform in that way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many eyes on us just naturally being um, professional athletes. There's going to be a lot of people that value our opinions, that value what we say and what we do. Um, so our platform, you know, isn't going to get much bigger than what it is now. So just anything that we're able to do, whether it's acts of love, of kindness, or of, you know, sending the right tweet, as little as that might be, it's just raising awareness that racism is a real thing. A lot of people kind of sometimes might kind of push it off to the side and be like, oh, that's not, you know, necessarily prevalent today as it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, but I think it's very important just to be aware and to have those hard conversations with people of, you know, this, like racism is a truly an issue that the more that we talk about it, I feel like the more people can get educated, the more people can learn what they can do in their own community um, to kind of just start pushing the society in the right direction. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing is just learning how to have those conversations, whether it's me asking one of my teammates, you know, Hey man, like, how do you view this political situation? You know, how do you, you know, view police reform, just whatever it is, just having ears to listen and trying to set any type of preconceived notions that you have of, you know, racism for yourself, just trying to set that aside and just listen to other people. I think that's the best starting point we can have um, as of right now. I, I know uh, when I was growing up, 
My family certainly did not make me feel that I was any different, being adopted from a different country. Um, certainly, you know, just that blended family, it certainly is a, is a powerful thing. It can work. Um, but really now, uh, now, like, being able to have those conversations, like you said, um, are really important. And really, um, I'm sure that your younger brothers are learning a lot from you and how you treat them and, um, and then experiences that you've had um, that you also then can, uh, you know, tell in the conversations uh, that you have being the blended family that you are. So um, it's great to see you so active um, in, that, in that fight against racism. And Dawson, before we wrap up, let's go back to Nashville. I'm sure there's going to be some Bills fans that are heading to Nashville this weekend to watch you guys in action, in person. So I want to ask you about some places to eat, some things to do, so maybe our listeners Ooh, can food. check can some things off of their list when they visit Nashville. So do you have a favorite country artist? Let's go first with that, being from Nashville. Favorite country artist. Um, I feel like you'd be more old school country. No, <laughs> I'm definitely more old school country. Okay. Um, there's a lot of the new poppy stuff that doesn't really doesn't um, do it for you. Do it for me. <laughs> Big George Strait fan, oh. Garth Brooks. Um, but in terms of newer guys, I do like some Luke Combs, some Morgan Wallen, Cody Jinks is one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, there's some new stuff that's good, but I think the the best of the best country was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. George Strait's probably my favorite. Yeah, that's so funny. That is Terry's favorite. Like, he has every really? album, yeah, on his phone. <laughs> so um, every George Strait, greatest hits, top 50, 20, 30. Uh, he's had, I mean, I don't know who else has the most number one hits in country music than George Strait. So, um, no, oh, I don't a lot think of, it comes close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember my, uh, my kids growing up, my son, my youngest son now, who's 21, but when he was little, like maybe five, was singing, all my exes live in Texas. You're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, no, no idea what he's Let's talking go. about, but he was uh, singing away, and my friend was like, do you know your son is singing? I was like, it's George Strait, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about food? Very catchy song. Yep. <laughs> what, what about food, though? I know Nashville certainly is a hot bed for foodies, um, and actually, especially um, in the last several years. That place has exploded. I've been there many, many years, and uh, just the last several years, it's, it's gone, it just exploded in, in terms of the attractions, the people, mm -hmm. the events, the restaurants, the bars, the hotels. It's uh, one of the fastest-growing cities. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every time I go back home, there's a new skyscraper or something. But um, in terms of food, I'm sure everyone's heard of Nashville hot chicken, um, which is definitely something you got to get. But you got to know where to go. Um, Hattie B's is a very popular chain. There's a few of them downtown, um, which is good. But I think it gets better than that. I mean, I think I'd probably say if I had to go anywhere for some hot chicken, I'd go to Prince's. Um, it's hard to beat it. They'll bring it out in a grease-soaked paper bag. I mean, I'm no telling how unhealthy it is for you, but um, I think it's really good. And then, I mean, you could honestly get whatever type of food you're looking for. There's, you know, there's good stuff. I love Cane Prime, great steakhouse, um, kind of more on the fancy side. Um, I've had some great sushi at Virago. I mean, I kind of like branching out, trying new stuff. Um, so yeah, I think if I was to suggest any one place for someone to go, it'd probably be Prince's hot chicken. Nice. I've been to Hattie B's before, so I've, I've tried I've the Hattie B's. I've been Ooh. to both. Yes. So be My careful with the spice too. It's, it's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> My recommendation is if anybody goes to Hattie B's, just call ahead and do takeout because there are, there's a line always wrapped around the door and you're just going to stand for an hour to, to wait and be seated. And who knows what it's like with COVID and, and there is a very good donut place there as well. So mm. they do this like croissant Ooh, donut. Five daughters. Yes, that's it. Yes. Oh, it's, so good. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel bad going in to get one donut. So I'm like, well, just give me a dozen, even though like I'm by myself. I just, you know, try. why not? <laughs> I, who cares? But yeah, it, it was awesome. That was my, um, my, my new find last time I was there, which was actually in February, right before everything all hit. My nephew was getting married. So my nephew was married to um, a, a, part, a duo called Maddie and Tay. 
She's mm -hmm. the Taylor okay. part. Um, so they got married in Nashville at the end of February, and that was the last time I was in Nashville and the last time I got to really travel anywhere before COVID hit and we all ended up staying home. So it's a good last place to go. It, it is, yeah. It was. All right, Dawson, one more for you. I know Nashville has a bunch of different areas that you can go to, go into shops, go into restaurants, bars, things like that. What's your favorite area in Nashville? with all the different neighborhoods that have popped up and shops and restaurants. I feel like there's a new neighborhood, you know, every time you go to visit. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, probably one of my favorite areas now is the Gulch. Um, I live I in Midtown. I knew he was going to say that. I love the Gulch. <laughs> I know. I knew he was going to say that. Oh, the Gulch is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love Midtown too. That's where I live. Um, in the off season. Um, but the Gulch is just exploding. I mean, there's, you can't go wrong if you go somewhere to eat. Um, there's this place called Emmy squared that has some of the best pizza I've ever had, but I think they were voted like the best burger in Nashville, like the five, maybe five years straight or something crazy like that. So that's another great spot But the Gulch. I mean, it's, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't it was nearly what nothing. it is now. And it's it's just crazy how much it's exploding. It's like every time I go back, it's some new restaurant or something. Well, Dawson, I will invite you, if you ever feel like laying down some tracks, recording a song, or, you know, I don't know if you got any musical ability <laughs> in you, but uh, to come into our st studio and maybe, you know, record something. So it may be after oh, football. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any uh, chops? Like I know Cole Beasley, you know, he can sing. I've heard him several times. Uh, do you have any musical <laughs> I mean, talent? When Dawson was mic'd up earlier this year, he did lay down a, a couple, a couple oh, bars <laughs> here and there. I Let's not it. talk about that. As well. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave the rapping to Cole. Um, definitely a big shower singer in the car by myself. <gasps> Um, but yeah, I was, I was actually able to see the, uh, studio this off season. Oh, okay. Um, I was able to go in there for probably an hour or so, got a little tour. It was pretty incredible. It was so cool just seeing the behind the scenes of everything, but, um, yeah, maybe down the line, I'll take you up on that. It'd right. be really cool. Just keep practicing in the shower and in the car. And keep practicing the, uh, the rap too. Maybe yeah. that'll come along. All right, Dawson. Thanks for the time. Thank you we so appreciate much, it. Have fun in Nashville. Absolutely. Yeah. And enjoy being yeah, back home. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. I can't wait. The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative. Where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. Make sure to keep all the outside vents to your home clear of snow and debris. All right, Kim, we've got the Tennessee Titans coming up in week five. It's an away game, so we're on the road two weeks straight. Both teams are undefeated here, so another interesting game. A chance to knock off the Tennessee Titans here, 3-0. and They didn't play the game last week, of course, as we talked about. Uh, it was postponed against the Steelers. So with this game against the Tennessee Titans, what, what are your it's first gonna, thoughts here? It's going to be a tight matchup. Like if you look back to the game that we had last year in Tennessee, I mean, that was a close game. That was a close game, and I, I, I believe that after uh, the – we beat them um, at that game last year. They went on a winning streak, and it seems like they haven't really stopped, that they just kind of picked off um, where they left last year. None of these games are easy. Um, you know, they, they really aren't. So I am ready for a struggle, but, you know, I, I think we, we can take them. Yeah, yeah. They, they drafted Marcus Mariota in the first round of the 2015 draft with the yeah. second pick overall. Wow. So, yeah, it's yep. been interesting to see that not work out for them he's moved on from the titans it's been definitely interesting to see ryan Tannehill come on and in the second half of the season he turned it on for that team same with derrick henry who was like putting up 200 rushing yards a game there for a while uh, and averaging something close to that he is fourth i think right now in the league in rushing yards so that's going to be a tough player to stop they've got some other weapons that they can use and it's also been interesting to see the league as a whole scoring is up this year more than it ever has been. And a lot of people have said uh, that's because with the off season and how it's been 
nothing mm -hmm. compared to seasons past that it might have it might take some time for defenses to get used to tackling and hitting guys and things like that. So we're seeing the offenses kind of just tee off on defenses right now. Yeah, but I, I think that's probably going to start changing. We saw our, our defense kind of pick it up in the second half um, in Vegas. And I think that now that, you know, technically, if you think about it, it's four weeks. It's mm -hmm. kind of four preseason games that they're True. used to. So I'm expecting that defenses are going to start figuring out the offense, and, and the offense are not going to have it quite as easy as, as they have as the season uh, comes along. And um, I, the big question mark, though, is how has this COVID, how has being away from the facility um, affected the team, uh, affected the Titans? You know, is it, a, is it bad because they've got more rest and they've got some players back? Or is it just kind of, I know guys are so into their routine, and kind of being off of that, um, you know, how is that going to affect their game? If not, but they're all professionals. So um, I, I would think that the coach is going to have the players ready to go um, as a 3-0 uh, team and, you know, and just, you know, make sure that we're ready for whatever they throw at us. Yeah, I cannot imagine having positive tests and then your facility completely getting shut down basically in the middle of the week, then to find out your game gets postponed. Uh, but to, to go virtual like you did for the entire off season, but instead of preparing for a season, you're actually preparing for an opponent virtually. You can't get on the practice field. Uh, you don't have a scout team to go up against in a virtual yeah. setting. Not, I'm sure they were very creative in what they were doing, but it's got to be a little bit crazy to go from a virtual setting to then maybe getting back into the facility right. by Wednesday to having a game on Sunday. Right. But, but they didn't get to be 3-0 by not being prepared, mm -hmm. not having uh, the skill set, not being uh, well coached. So like I said, I, I don't think that we are going to let our guard down at all. I know coach uh, wouldn't do that at all. And I don't think the mindset of our players is that there's an advantage there um, at all. So yeah, just like coach has said a bunch of times, this off season and through the season is expect the unexpected this season because yeah. anything can happen. Uh, the Titans are going to have fans in their stands. They'll have 6,900, 10% of their actual capacity, which is 69,000, a little bit over 69,000. So I'm imagining that there's going to be quite a few Bills fans in the stands based on how the team, based on how our fans traveled last year to Nashville, taking over that town on like Wednesday through Sunday and just seeing those videos I, on I social totally, media, yeah. some of the parties that were going on. <laughs> Certainly it won't be the same this season, but yeah. you got to expect some support from oh, our fans in Nashville. I, I guarantee you. Well, I know Dawson's family and friends are going to be there. I know my brother and his, my whole go. family. Bills so fans. I know there's definitely going to be Bills fans there. And I expect, as usual, Bills Mafia to show up, even the reduced capacity. Uh, no worries. No worries there. It'll be great to see the blue and the red in that stadium uh, yeah. with the Tennessee Titans fans there too. Hopefully there's a little bit more blue and red in that stadium. We went to Twitter to see if any anybody out there had any questions for you, Kim. And let me one, guess. Let me guess. One question, question that we got like ten <laughs> questions of. Let you, me guess. You can guess it. Yes. Are we going to have fans in our stadium? Ding, 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 ding. It's the, the uh, $200,000 question uh, that is out there. So certainly we are working hard. Uh, we are in constant communication with the, with the state, with the governor's team. There's more and more clubs that are opening up um, to limited fans. Uh, we're seeing good results from that. The league is doing so much work. Um, but again, I know the concerns of safe and the, the health and safety um, of you know the citizens of New York, uh, Erie County, that is certainly top of mind for the governor. So you can't really blame him for that, um, for thinking about that. Um, but I know fans are eager to get back there, and we have put together you know some really great guidelines, a lot of protocols, um, and I think the governor even said himself that that he would like to come and see them at some point. So we are hoping invitation is always out there um, that he can come and see. Uh, what things we have done to keep our fans safe, um, but be able to be a part of this winning season so far. I know. So, I want them so. there in the stands and the stadium to get to experience it all because it's certainly been an amazing start, a thrilling start. This team has been 
insane to watch and what they've been able to do on the field and it's been fun to keep up on social media yeah. too and and you know what we played last in last week at the Raiders you know there was they had no fans mm -hmm. as well in in their stadium and now we go to Tennessee with fans and so you know it, it's a good mix for the players because even though it's True. not their home team um, just having like we talked about having just those few fans just a few thousand fans even the atmosphere that it changes and I think you know I think it'd be good for our guys to get another boost of real fan real cheering going on and get you know a little bit of that um, that authentic football atmosphere on game day uh, so it'd be nice for them as well definitely Bill's pod squad is presented by the New York lottery play the new ski ball scratch off game and you could catch up to sixty thousand dollars you must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket the New York lottery is giving away fifty dollars worth of the new limited edition New York series scratch off tickets with a chance to win up to one million dollars to one of our lucky listeners each week visit Buffalo BuffaloBills.com slash New York Lottery or the podcast description to enter now. Kim, that, that wraps it up for the podcast. This season is going by like so fast. I like I, I thought it would never get here. Now we're in week five. I know it's crazy. Once it starts, it flies by and you got to cherish every week. I think it flies by just because every week you kind of know what to expect on your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You get into a rhythm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have meetings every week that happen on certain days and times. And I feel like just because of that and the schedule, it's just like week by week by week. And there's just so much to accomplish, whether you're a football player, whether you're in the media department like me, or whether you're the owner of the team, just getting ready for Sunday. It takes a village to get it, ready it for does. Sunday. I, I will tell you that is one of the things that I did not realize um, coming in as a new owner. Like, you know, before you're kind of a fan, you're watching it on TV. The amount of work, effort, people, and resources it takes for one game, once a week, like it, it, it is amazing. The end result, though, obviously with the growth of, of the sport, um, it's it's worked. But it's it's amazing. But yes, a lot goes into game day. Um, but it does fly by fast. So again, you gotta just kind of sink, you know, let it all sink in. The four and oh, just take it week by week. Enjoy, Enjoy. it. Enjoy, enjoy it, it for yep. 60 hours and then move yeah. on, as Coach that's McDermott right. says. So hopefully <laughs> we more can. Than, I'm going to enjoy more than 60 hours. Hopefully so. we get to yeah. enjoy it or 24 hours, not 60 yeah. hours. He, he gives them a day, not more than a day. That would be quite a bit if an NFL coach was like, enjoy it for three days and then we'll move on. No, yeah. 24 hours, then you turn the page. But, yeah. That's true. I might enjoy it for 60 hours. Yeah. That's why I said we, we, 60. Yeah, well, we're not players, so we don't yeah. have to follow coaches. No, <laughs> no, not at all. We, we, we follow whatever we make. <laughs> all right, Kim, thanks for the right, time. Thanks, for our listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in every week to Bill's Pod Squad. we got another episode coming up next week, so make sure you stay tuned. It'll be a short week. Ooh, Thursday yeah. Night Football. Yeah. all right.